This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a show dedicated to the spirituality and psychology of the human condition. This year, however, we're taking a detour together as I venture into the world of writing. Each episode documents my journey from the big idea to a complete fiction novel. Join me through the highs and the lows that are sure to be part of this creative process. Right, friends, welcome back to the Transcend Human Podcast. Great to be with you. February 5th, 2024. All I can say is here we go. Um, I'm really getting the, this is the first day of the rest of your life vibes today, uh, because this is the first episode of our new series, a series that I'm not even going to begin to try to define or suggest a timeline for, um, because it's not just a series. Uh, this is so much more than that. Ultimately, this is a reinvention of the podcast. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on the last episode. So if you're wondering what on earth is going on, you might want to go back and listen to 176, um, which kind of kicks us into this year on the podcast. Um, like I said, I have no foreseeable end to this new direction that we're on. I mean, if this is going to be a series about documenting me writing a book, or in this case, potentially three books, how can I begin to estimate that? Right? And so it is, we're embarking on this journey that could potentially go on for a very long time. But I can't wait to get started. I've waited a lifetime for this. No, really, I think that's the way I'm going to uh, be forced to look at it is I've been waiting a lifetime to do this. It's always been there in the background. I just haven't pulled the trigger. So here we go. Uh, we have a brand new intro, because why not? <laughs> a new thing needs a new intro, right? But I decided to keep the music just because I'm kind of partial to that. So here we go. Today's topic, the backstory. Chapter one, proof that drinking isn't all bad. Chapter two, how far I made it without the effort. And chapter three, the stalling effect. Chapter one, proof that drinking isn't all bad. Before we get into the drinking part, I just wanted to back up a bit and reminisce. So in previous episodes, I've talked about me being a writer. Why? Because I write. But I typically call myself a writer because of the writing I do now or in the recent past. I never really realized how far back it went until I really started to dive in and think about it. Uh, and then eventually I found evidence in some old boxes at my parents' house. So I thought I would just share a couple things. First of all, a poem that I wrote, I think it was in college, early college, and then a chapter from a novel. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I'll read some snippets of a novel that I apparently started back in high school. So here we go. This will be fun. First up, the poem. Alone we stood in a world for two. Not a soul near, not even one that would really matter. Two so tangled in emotions and lost in each other's dreams. So sudden were the circumstances that brought them together. Was it fate or fatality? Love or infatuation? Curiosity killed the cat, and thus am I destined for curious was I where you were concerned, and not for ill-thought reasons. 
Long and hard have I mulled over the reasons for being where I am, and none greater did I find than this. Once my life was empty, but your smile made all the difference in the world. Suddenly the void was filled, and who can turn their back when such a reason exists? Oh, so sappy. I don't even, don't even remember the circumstances surrounding that poem, but that was something I wrote back in college. All right, let's switch gears to a chapter or a part of a chapter of a supposed novel that I was working on in high school. Chapter one. Slowly, his hand came to rest on the handle of the door. Without looking back, he edged out into the cold black night. Carefully, he avoided the lights and stayed deep in the shadows as he moved through the night in search of the rally point. The area was dotted with faculty homes, as well as homes of some of the students attending the university. Across a large football field, Alex could see the parking lot. It was dimly lit, and he could see a black Ferrari Testarossa professionally parked in the far corner, inhabiting the darkest region of the lot. Alex moved from the darkness and ran at waist level until he reached the car. Then he crouched down beside it and knocked on the door, the set code. A few seconds later, the door opened with no roof light going on. Alex jumped in and fell into the back seat. The door closed immediately and he let out a sigh of relief as he saw his cousin in the front seat with his hand on the stick shift. Next to him in the passenger side was his uncle who was cradling a submachine gun in his lap. He felt pretty good considering he had gotten in and out of the administration building in less than three minutes, retrieving a stolen document worth $10,000. He had used a rope to climb the wall and then let himself in a ceiling ventilation shaft, ending up in a room filled with safes and filing cabinets. By using his skills in opening safes, he had gotten it open quickly and evacuated in no time flat. All had gone well as far as he knew. No alarms were set off and he had gone in undetected. Slowly the car started and pulled out into the road uh, behind the gymnasium. The road was black and the street lights cast an eerie shadow across the intersection. It was a normal intersection and quickly the Ferrari excelled to 85 miles an hour. Just as they got through the intersection, Alex saw the shape of two cars behind a hedge down a side street. They both came flying out at the same time and suddenly they realized that the two cars were security guards. Their lights came on and suddenly they were being followed. Alex hit the back of the seat as the jolt of the V12 engine kicked in, sending the Ferrari speeding to 120 miles an hour, dangerously coming close to the end of the road. At the last moment, he kicked it down a gear or two and squealed around the corner on two wheels, coming close to the far curb. By this time, one of the security guards had changed direction and was heading off for a street close to where the Ferrari would emerge. One car called the local police and soon the area was swarming with cops. The driver screeched to a halt, allowing Alex to jump from the car with the briefcase and bolt into the dark subdivision. Quickly, he jumped behind a juniper bush as the Ferrari sped off into the night. Two seconds later, a couple cops went by with searchlights, probing the darkness. After they went by, he slid along the wall of a house to the back door. Carefully, he picked the lock and let himself in with silence, carefully practiced in his earlier years. Figuring that he couldn't just stay there without the inhabitants knowing, he decided to wake them up. Entering the bedroom, he pulled out an angel blade and flipped the switch, exposing a five-inch long razor edge, capable of extracting a hand from anyone venturing too near. Slowly, he crept towards the bed and quickly realized that there was only one person to mess with. 
With sudden force, he kicked the side of the bed, moving it a few feet. The person in the bed jumped up and grabbed a chair in self-defense. Alex easily knocked the chair from the victim's hand and at some point grabbed for the waist, bringing his angel blade to the throat. And that's pretty much where we're going to end. <laughs> so crazy, right? Insane. To look back on stuff that you did like when you were younger. As I'm reading that, I can already poke all sorts of holes in, in my rationale, my thinking, what I was writing. I mean, a Ferrari Testarossa getting in the back seat. <laughs> I don't even think there is a back seat. And is it really a V12 or a V10 or a V8? I have no idea. But obviously when I wrote this, I thought it was a V12. But anyway, um, just fun to look back on that kind of stuff. And it helped to prove to me that there must be something inside of me that would make me a writer or something that something over time that has developed that makes me want to write. And if you've acted out on that desire at all, I think the label fits, right? If you've done stuff like this, you are a writer. Now, being a published writer or a writer because that's what you went to school to do is a whole other thing. But something that I'm not really concerned about right now, because I can be a writer without either of those other things. Just as I can play hockey without formal training and without being on an NHL team, I'm playing the game, therefore I'm a hockey player. So back to the story. Uh, if I've always been a writer, then when did I get this big idea, this idea for a, a novel or a trilogy? Well, technically, um, I believe it was in 2011 or 2012, some, somewhere back in that uh, time period, when I was a drinker, not just a person who drinks alcohol, but a person who loved to drink alcohol. I grew up being taught that drinking, smoking, and cussing were terrible. So aside from some episodes in high school and a few in college, for some reason I had decided not to drink. That was until my 30s when I suddenly found myself with high cholesterol, lower back problems, all sorts of things that I naively thought I should be immune to. After all, I was living such a healthy lifestyle. So out of frustration more than anything, um, I just threw it all out the window and I started drinking. After all, if I'm gonna have medical conditions that everyone else in the world has, why not at least enjoy myself along the way? I know, very mature, right? But that started a fascination with alcohol that lasted the better part of 10 years. Thankfully, back in August of 2017, um, with God's help, I was able to kick the habit, and I really have not looked back since then. But it was on one of those nights, after three, four, or possibly more drinks, that I passed out hard. And that night, I had the most immersive, technical, detailed and complete dreams that I had ever had in my life. When I woke up, I had the big idea for what is now a trilogy of books. Then it was just a story, complete with settings, characters, scenes, plot points. But it was so detailed that I was immediately able to recall and write down everything that I remembered from the dream. Looking back, drinking definitely cleaned my clock uh, during those years. But in this case, I am thankful for that night and the drinking that I did. Chapter two, how far I made it without effort. So over the next few months, I painstakingly detailed out more of the story, adding color to the things that I had seen, 
basically world building, coming up with and adding detail to characters, and really thinking through some of the more complex storylines. And at some point, I was going to start writing. I can't remember the actual year or the dates when I put pen to paper, but I do remember consistent writing each morning before work. Little by little, I put ideas down and the chapter started to add up. Before I knew it, I was on my fourth or fifth or sixth chapter with what seemed like very little effort, but then everything stopped. And of course, because I was still drinking at the time, I don't really remember why. Maybe the drinking got worse, maybe my responsibilities at home ramped up, but for whatever reason, I just stopped. Chapter 3, The Stalling Effect Like I said, I don't remember exactly what stopped me from working on the book, but I do remember what kept me from starting again. The first thing was confidence, or the lack thereof. I was nervous about writing, maybe a little worried that I didn't really have it in me, right? Throw in a few mornings when I had writer's block, and that's really all I needed, right? Proof that I was not cut out for this, which just led to more weeks and months without writing. The second thing that kept me from starting to write was knowledge, information, and an overload of both. For some reason, I thought reading a book or two on writing would help kickstart me, right? Get my feet back on solid ground. So I did some research and I wound up purchasing over 10 books on Amazon on how to write. And as I read those books, I became more and more nervous, feeling out of my league. Some reinforced the rigid writer's lifestyle and how you had to write every single morning without fail or you would eventually quit. Others were hyper-focused on grammar and English and all of the rules that you needed to follow in order to be a good writer. Again, these are skills that I didn't get from school and skills that I wasn't really remembering all that well from high school or even college English classes. Then I found a few books that changed my life. First, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. This book wrecked me as a person and a writer. Julia's transparency about her own struggles with alcohol fit perfectly for me. Her ideas about morning pages and the artist's date changed the way that I looked at just living life. The next book was The Story Grid by Sean Coyne. This one totally opened my eyes to the massive world of book editing and just how methodical and mathematical one can get when crafting a story. The Story Grid method, the fool's cap, genre, obligatory scenes and conventions, the five commandments of storytelling, the four core framework, the units of story, the quadrants, the sequences, the scenes, the tropes, the beats, all things that I didn't fully understand, things that blew my mind, but also things that gave me hope, hope that if I could just learn some of this and loosely follow this formula, it might help me produce something worthy of being published. And then the last one was on writing by Stephen King. Again, totally wrecked through his transparency about his struggles with alcohol and cocaine and just beginning to understand how my personality plays into the creative process. What it means to be a writer and the routine and the dedication that's required if you're ever going to finish something and how to avoid some of the basic pitfalls that writers face. But even with all of that good stuff that I was reading, it kept me stalled out. I was stuck because I already had four chapters written, but was now second guessing all of it, of 
course, right? Around, around this time, I think I was also getting back into podcasts and I found quite a few that had to do with writing. The Story Grid podcast obviously was one of them, uh, but I also found podcasts by authors providing tips and tricks on the craft, along with their ideas on the best way to tell a story. I found another one called the Hero's Journey podcast with Dan Zarzana and Jeff Garvin, totally opening my eyes to the work done by mythologists like Joseph Campbell, Christopher Vogler, and how so many books and movies have these same elements woven through them. And after all of that, I remained stalled out. I was excited, motivated, and inspired, but equally scared, nervous, and lacking confidence. It was a huge new ocean to explore, and I was a very little fish. At the same time, I was trying to sort out all sorts of new writing tools, trying to decide which is the best way for me to work. I had always just written in Microsoft Word, so that seemed like the obvious choice. But at some point, I moved everything into Google Docs because I was able to write on all devices at any time without having to share files. I was also able to add writing tools to my account, helping in the writing process. Then at some point I found Scrivener, an amazing tool for writing, but one that has a really steep learning curve and one that you have to really be all in on if there's any point to using it. And finally, I needed help with grammar. So I tried Grammarly, of course, uh, but in order to really use it, you're gonna have to fork out some cash. So I decided against that. Then I found this thing called the Hemingway app. Brilliant, simple, free. Apparently Hemingway and Stephen King have a lot in common because the things that I learned in the book on writing seem to be core elements in the Hemingway editor. So I started using it to give me clues on my writing style and some obvious mistakes I was making as I wrote. The problem is that the Hemingway app is a standalone thing. I was writing in Word or Google Docs, and then I was pasting it into the Hemingway app, editing it, editing it there, only to paste it back into my original document. If only there was a Hemingway plugin for Microsoft Word or Google Docs. I think that's something that I would actually pay for. And friends, that brings us to 2023. Toward the end of the year, it's literally all I could think about. I knew I wanted to jump back in. I just didn't know how. But over the holidays, I just made the decision. Uh, <clears throat> like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, I recorded episode 176, Transcending Your Brand, and that's all she wrote. Now it's out there, right? Now I have external motivation and accountability. <laughs> it's, at the same time, it's scary, but it's also exactly what I need to keep moving forward. So let's land the plane. Friends, I want to start by thanking each and every one of you who took a chance on this new thing. I can't wait to get into it and actually start writing again. It also occurred to me this week that my listeners might change over time. Sure, I may retain some of the listeners from episodes past, but over time, I'm probably going to gain additional listeners from the creative crowd, other aspiring writers, or even published writers. It's a bit daunting, but at the same time, exciting. I'm not opposed to building a community of creative and innovative people looking for inspiration as we do the things that only we can do. For me, it's writing a novel or writing a trilogy. For someone else, it might be painting and still another writing music. But in each of these cases, 
someone received a big idea and it's up to them if it ever sees the light of day. That's the journey we're on. And I'm glad that you've chosen to be here. Until next time, everybody, have a great week and keep transcending human. Mm-hmm.